What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the first episode of How to Build a Business. And today, I have my good friend, Mikey K on, and he's going to show us how to build a barbecue catering company. Mikey, my brother, how are you doing, man? Chandler, I am doing fantastic, I yeah? think. You think? Well, it's yeah. January now when we're recording this, and you guys just got, you're in Chicago. You just got snow dumped all over you. Like, COVID's not yeah. been bad enough. Mother Nature's coming for you in another way now. How uh-huh. are you holding up, man? I'm still alive. Yeah. Which, which uh, uh, you know, says the best. Hey. Uh, we we are lucky enough to start actually going back to um, our tier system, which I don't know. Every state is a little bit different, but um, we're able to open up 25% for indoor dining for places, mm-hmm. which is great. Um so slowly, slowly, most of our business is coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, you know, yeah, I, and I'm hoping, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this COVID thing because I'm really hoping this, this podcast lasts forever and people are finding it five years from now and they're like, oh yeah, remember when COVID was a big thing in our world and hopefully we're on the other yep. side of it and you're seeing this five years from now, uh, go in the comment section and be like, yeah, that sucks. But if we're still in the middle of it, just pray for us, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mikey, uh, tell the people, man, I know your story, obviously, and it's a crazy great story, but but tell us, how did you get into the barbecue business? I have a couple screws loose in my head. As um, all good pitmasters do. <laughs> you know, uh, I think all good entrepreneurs have to be a little bit um, insane mm. because um, if if you, if you aren't a little bit insane, you're not willing to take a risk and you're not willing to, to make a jump, right? You, you want to sit in, in the safety net and the safety net's not, that's not where we grow. Um, so I've been doing barbecue for quite a few years of my life. I started a barbecue podcast about, um, six years ago now, uh, called Mammy Barbecue. Uh, I, I've had over 300 episodes on that show. Um, that is a, that is a, audio only podcast um so you can't find it on youtube sorry guys but you can find it on every other audio uh podcast realm right so you can you can go spotify you can go um itunes and stitcher and all that fun stuff so that started going and i was cooking a ton i was cooking 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 and I got people starting to ask, like, hey, would you, you know, would you be willing to cook, you know, this for my party? Would you be willing to do this for my party? And it's like, yeah, sure. So like all great barbecue joints, we started underground because <laughs> nobody has money. And uh, then then I was slowly starting to look at it and being like, hey, I want to take this a little more seriously. What do I need to do to be legal? what do I need to do to actually advertise and what do I need to do to not, you know, you know, not be illegal of a a business. So I started looking into it, ended up getting a commissary, got a bigger pit, um, started cooking out of there, started, um, talking to more people and I'm a, I'm a big craft beer drinker. So, what we ended up starting to do is what's the best way to get a word out about something, you know, go do pop-ups, go do barbecue pop-ups because we didn't have enough money to do a restaurant. So 
let's go into places that don't have food and offer food. It's a fantastic way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a little bit of an audience. We need that audience, so let's team up together. So we started doing that, and uh, the pop-up started growing. You know, people started coming back. People started following us. They were like, oh, where are you guys going to be next week? Cool, we're going to go. So it started kind of, you know, growing into itself. We would we would normally pop up for three and a half hours to, or to four hours or sold out. Well, it started being like, you know, we would be there for four hours when we were first started. And then we started selling out at, you know, two and a half hours. Get that so then we started cooking more food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we started cooking more food, right? And then we started selling out at two hours. And then let's cook some more food. Well, we're still selling out at two hours, but we're cooking more food. So shit. Okay. Well, now I started looking at it going, this is an actual business. There's people out there that want my food. I got to quit my job. I got to quit my nine to five. How long was that from when you started the podcast and started backyard barbecuing to when you actually got to the point where you could quit your nine to five? Five years. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's an important thing to call out. I don't think that's a failure thing. I think, I mean, you know this, I I think in today's world where you see something on television in a reality show or something, you're like, Oh, I could do that super quick. And I definitely won't make the same mistakes those people made. And I, uh, I've got this great product. Like I can get this thing up and running in six months. And like, if some guy named Mark Zuckerberg can start a a hundred million billion dollar company in a dorm room, like I can do that. So, uh, I, I think people really need to sit with it for a minute and understand five years of waking up early, no free time, nine to five grind, and then coming home at night working on it. And then every weekend is working on it. I mean, it's all encompassing when you're trying to go from zero to one to 10. I mean, you're burning so much energy and fuel just to get the doggone thing up off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we started the catering company in 2017, I quit my job in 2019, mm-hmm. right? The or, or the beginning of 2019. Um, and, and the reason I was, I, I, you know, some people say like, you got to be making more money than, you know, you're making at your nine to five to quit. You know, that's the safety way. And I understand some entrepreneurs that say that. And I understand people that, you know, give people that, that advice because otherwise there's going to be a lot of dumbasses that are going to go and quit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're going to fail. Um, the reason I jumped when I jumped was I looked at it from a strategic point of view of saying, I can't grow this business anymore with my nine to five. Mm-hmm. The issue, the issue that we have in the business that we do um, is if I'm selling a product or I'm selling a widget or I'm selling something, you know, and trying to make that my business, then hell yeah, dude, crank away at that. Like come home, have dinner with your kids, hang out with them till seven, eight o'clock. And then at eight o'clock, go work till two in the morning. 
and crank that product out, right? Do Facebook ads, do whatever you need to do, wrap shipments, get, get stuff to the post office, go find a post office that's open 24 hours a day, or get, you know, something that you can print postage off of, off your computer and print it, you know, print it straight to your own computer, label that stuff and go drop it off. There, there's post office. I know people don't, don't believe me, but there are post office that are open 24 hours a day. The lobby is open. You can't walk up to a teller and give it to them, but you can drop off boxes. You can show up at two in the morning and drop off boxes. The tactic almost doesn't even matter here. It's more of the spirit of you'll find a way to make it work. Exactly. But my problem is I want to sell you food. Mm -hmm. You coming to buy my food at one in the morning, Chandler? I mean, depends on the depends on the night, but I, I've been known to eat a sandwich or two at, at 1 a.m., you know what I mean? But you get what I'm saying. I do. The mass majority of my people want to eat between three and seven. Yep. Well, if I work till five, it's really hard to make them barbecue to start at three. Yeah. So I started looking at that and saying, okay, I can take a couple days off. I can take this off. But I started taking almost every single Friday off. Mm -hmm. And then we started getting pop-ups on Thursdays. Mm. Well, now it's, okay, I got to get pop-ups on Thursday, so now I got to take Thursday off. Yeah. You hit capacity. I mean, it's it's sort of, but what I find wise in what you did here is that you didn't just, oh, I love my backyard hobby. I love this thing I'm building in my garage. Like, I'm excited about it. Boom, I'm just going for it. Like, you took, I mean, basically, if the math works out, like, you took basically three years to perfect your craft in the backyard and to sort of like get your toe in the water about how do I sell this thing? How do I get legal? Like you did a lot of the smart things along the way while your full-time job kept providing you air cover. And uh, in his book, Originals, Adam Grant actually talks about that's one of the things that smart, creative business owners actually do is they don't, they don't do the whole which is a fun motivational bit where it's like, uh, if you want to win, burn the boats, burn the boats. There's no plan B burn the boats, go for it. And I, I, I don't think, I think, I think that that advice is wise in certain contexts. Like once you make the jump, like you did now it's burn the boats. Yeah, time. No like you're B. not going back. Like, let's go for it. Like, let's go for it. till this thing runs out, we're hitting the ground running. Boats are gone. There's no going back to this job. Um, but you don't have to burn the boats on day one. You can just like, let's make sure we park the boats on the right beach before we burn them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, let's not, let's not run the, let's not run the car till the wheels fall off That's on you right. know, day one. That's right. So when, when you, when you run through that whole thing and as you're looking back on the last, uh, I think it's what now, six, seven years you've been in this, this grind trying to build this thing. Um, yeah. What do you think the most important thing is for somebody that's looking to start a barbecue catering company? Don't stop trying things that you don't think are working. Mm, unpack that um, for me. I'm going to. I was. I was. Uh, I have a call. I have two. I, I kind of have two things to say on that one. Uh, first, first of all, you have to keep the like. You have to kind of keep the boat, the boat running, right? So if you try something, just because it didn't work today or next week, that doesn't mean you shouldn't put it out there again. So, excuse me. So if you put out like, 
you do like um, the Super Bowl's coming up, right? So maybe you put out Super Bowl specials. Well, you know what? Maybe only two people order from you for your Super Bowl special this year. A lot of people would be like, well, that, you know, that was a failure. Uh, not enough people ordered. We just, you know, I, I can't afford to do that again. You can't afford not to do that again. So then you go and you do an Easter special. Well, you know, maybe two people that ordered for your Easter or for the for the uh, Super Bowl special, they told people or there were people at the party, there were people hanging out. And now you got three orders for your Easter special, but they're all three new brand new customers. Right. You've never you've never had those customers. Now they order. They love it. Their family loves it. They tell people about it. Blah, 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 blah. blah. So you do a, a Mother's Day special. Right. Maybe you get five orders for Mother's Day. A lot of people would say, oh, my God, I'm not, none of these are working. Yeah, we're getting more orders, but it's not working. It's working. Because you're getting new orders. And you're getting new people that are coming to see your stuff. And I think too many people look at that and go, well, the Super Bowl special was a failure. I only got two people. No. You got two people for the Super Bowl special, which grew – to three people for this special, but there was three new people who never ordered from you before and never gave you money. So now you're you're growing your business slowly and more and more people, you're touching more and more people without knowing that you're touching those people, which is kind of difficult for most business owners to look at because the way that they look at it, they want to be able to see it. They want to, they want to know what they're doing, but it's like, just because you get one order doesn't mean you're touching one customer. Mm. You don't know who's sitting in the, in their in their living room eating your food. Mm-hmm. Shit, you know what I mean? Maybe maybe they're maybe they're having a party in two weeks, and they're gonna have a hundred and fifty people at that party, and they need a caterer. Mm. Yeah, and they haven't locked one down yet. Yeah. You have no idea. I mean, we we're right now. I'm talking to a customer who um, wants us to do their wedding shower. Mm-hmm. He told me that he had my food a year and a half ago at a brewery. And he's been waiting for the right time for, the, for, for an event, basically, for him to have an event to use us. Mm. Well, if I would have stopped going because I've been like, well, we didn't sell enough money there or we didn't do enough this or we didn't do enough that, Maybe I wouldn't have gotten that customer if it, you know, it's the first night that we did there, we didn't do that well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, don't get me wrong. You have to cut your losses at some point, but mm-hmm. you got to see the growth from, from what you're doing and continue pushing and putting stuff in front of people for it to move. Yeah. I, I love, I love the word patience. And I, I, I hear the word that you need to be patient and I hear the word that you need to be humble about where you're actually at in your entrepreneurial journey. Um, you know, you just started out, you can't be the biggest barbecue restaurant in town on day one. It takes time. Like all the big names in barbecue, uh, Franklin's, we got Martin's barbecue here. Like, you know, they all took years to grow that following the way they did. I mean, it's the old adage of like, it takes 30 years to become an overnight success. It's true. And it's, and, and I think 
there's a lot of people that say this too. It's like, don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 10. You know, there's, there's a lot of reading in between. Yeah. 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 And, and I've seen so many people that like, they do that and then they bail out. I mean, to be honest with you, I struggle with that early in the first two years of when we ran a barbecue restaurant. Like I was constantly looking around at other local places, not even big chains and just going like, man, why don't we have a cool brick and mortar like that? I'm still in this tent. I'm still in this gas station next to this hourly hotel. I want it to be more. I want it to be better. And it's just, I mean, it's just showing up day in and day out, putting in the work. That's what's going to get you where you want to go. Yeah, but see, you were at an hourly hotel. You you should have looked at that as a plus. People are coming in at every hour. <laughs> That's right. I got high churn, high cash flow. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so what, people pay uh, for traffic like that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> right, location, location, uh, half a location. You know what I mean? What now that you've done this for this long and you're sort of living this American dream, which is a whole nother uh, conversation. But now that you're on the other side, you got the thing. You've at least got the plane up in the air running. What do you think the best thing is about owning a barbecue catering business? I The best thing about order, owning a barbecue catering company is you're stressed out to all, all high hell. Um, that's the best part. Oh, you didn't have enough stress in your life before you got no, into this no, business? No, I needed more. So I decided, <laughs> I decided to open my own business. Nice. <clears throat> no, um, honestly, the, the best part about it is it, it it's it's owning your own time you know what i mean and that's i think that's why a lot of us do what we do because we want to own our own time and i'm able to do things that other friends can't do but at the same time i have to be willing to do things that they aren't willing to do mm-hmm. which it, it that that's the double-edged sword of it, right? Um, when they go out on a Saturday night and party, I'm working. Yeah. You know what I mean? When do people when want to eat barbecue at a brewery? Saturday night when they're exactly, out partying. Exactly. So it's like I'm working. But on Monday, when you got to get up and go to work, I get to sleep in and I can start answering emails at 10 o'clock. Or your 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 daughter needs to go to a doctor's appointment. You can make that run. Yep. Uh, you want to take this week off. You can do that. Like if you build a big enough business, like a successful enough business, you want to take this whole month off. You can. I mean, there's the freedom that comes eventually is a beautiful thing. That's for sure. Yep. I love that freedom. What is the flip side of that coin? What is the worst thing about owning a barbecue catering business? Not knowing when your next paycheck's coming. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I think it's, I don't necessarily always see that as a bad thing though. I, I just, I think that that's what keeps me hustling. Mm. So it's a bad thing for some, like, you know, cause you add stress, but at the same time, like it keeps the hustle going. Yeah. Keeps you creative, keeps you trying those new things like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, always trying new things, um, always putting out, you know, we, we put out new merchandise and it's like our merch doesn't sell that great. You know, we're not we're not selling out tons of merchandise, mm-hmm. but I'm always putting new stuff out. Yeah. Why? Because if I don't, then you lose it, right? You mm-hmm. lose the people's attention. Mm-hmm. 
you know me as a marketing guy, I perk up when I hear the word attention. So what what do you do in in the in the spirit of marketing and all that things? Like how what what is your suggestion for increasing sales at your barbecue catering company? Um, I think social media is a big one. We we wanna we spend a lot of time on social media pushing out photos um videos and stuff like that why because people eat with their eyes so if they see something that looks really really good there there's more of a chance that they're going to want to come and try it at either a pop-up or at a catering uh it, it just depends like we do a lot of um we also do a lot of specials like i was saying you know we do Super Bowl specials. We do Mother's Day specials. We do, um, we do, you know, Easter specials and all that kind of stuff. We we push all that kind of stuff because people are looking for that. And then um, really getting into communities is a big thing for me. Um, obviously, right now at this current moment, this month we can't really have large gatherings. We can't do all that kind of stuff because of COVID. Um, so I'm going to speak like, as if there wasn't, there was no global pandemic. Yeah. Like you know I said, what I mean? five years from now, there won't be, I'm, there I'm won't be exactly. speaking it into existence. There we go. I'm hoping in six months from now, it won't be. So <laughs> let's push that. But, um, getting, getting to know your community is a big part of it. Uh, doing networking events, and I know some people are like, yeah, networking events are boring. They are. But if you're the life of the party and you sell food for parties, people want you. They want to invite you to their party. Don't you want to hang out with Mikey? I mean, Sometimes. I do. It's great. Nope. You know what I mean? Like I've had, yeah. I've had people like, I've had catered events where they're like, well, will you stay? And I'm like, like, as a guest, they're like, yeah, come drink with us. <laughs> like, uh, no. If you say yes to that, then you've got more energy than I ever had. I, at the end of those days, I was, I was cashed out. I was ready to go home. And go there to are sleep. some that I'll hang out with. It depends. <laughs> yeah. It just depends. But they're, it, 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 I mean, they're long days and it also depends on what, what's happening the next day. You know, if we're, if we're catering three, four caterings on a Saturday, and then, uh, or on a Friday, and then we have three, four caterings on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Two o'clock comes early, bud. Yeah, for sure. Two a.m. is early as hell if you're out till one. Yeah, because the smoker <laughs> has to get fired up again at four a.m. Yeah. What? So you get all that the, that revenue coming in, right? And and part of the revenue coming in is that you have this cash, and then you have the cash that goes out, and this is what some people call cash flow and cash flow is the the blood that runs through all businesses and without proper cash flow and cash flow management your business will die how do you handle like what is your advice for cash flow management for a startup and just general day-to-day -day business practices like how do you handle your cash flow um so we use quickbooks to make sure everything's kind of you know organized <laughs> and uh we did get a good accountant uh that was important for me to make sure that we had somebody that uh would double check my work 
You know what I mean? Because sometimes you look at stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm great. Let's keep going. And then you're like, you're negative like 50. Like, what are you doing? You missed like, this. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. forgot that that check was going to clear on Tuesday. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it's really just staying on top of it, making sure that you're um, – making sure that your food cost is correct. And I think when a lot of people first start businesses, they don't look at their product costs. They just look at what they're making. And a lot of people, when they start businesses, they go, I'm making more money than I've ever, ever did, than I ever did before. And I think that's, that's not correct. It's you are seeing and you're handling more money than you ever have before. Because somebody's not handing you a paycheck. They're handing you the grand total. Right. Mm -hmm. And too many people look at, they go, Oh, I just did this job and I made 1500 bucks. It was one day. Mm -hmm. Yes. You got paid on that day for 1500 bucks. How many days did you actually work to do that job? Well, you know, it it was, it was Saturday. I, I cooked on Saturday and then I, everything was done. Okay. But when did you go pick up your product? Oh, I picked that up on Thursday and it took me half a day to do that. Okay. So now we have half a day on Thursday. And then I prepped Friday night, which was another half a day. Okay. So now we're in two days mm-hmm. because you cooked and then you prepped one day, right? Mm-hmm. You know, picked up, prepped. So now we're at two days. And then you delivered it, right? Yeah, I delivered. I delivered it. Well, what do you drive? I drive a truck. How many miles did you drive? Well, I drove 35 miles to deliver it. Okay, how much was the gas? Well, I don't know. So on the it's back like, of all these random expenses that come up, how do you, what do you do? Cost plus three? Like, what is your food cost goal? And then you just multiply by three? Is that how you're doing it? What What is your style? Right around there. It's right around there. It, right the around there. Uh, I I like to keep my food costs anywhere between 25 and 30, 33%. Yeah. That, you know, some things you can't keep under. Some things are hard, like brisket. Mm-hmm. brisket is i mean it, it's expensive like it's you know a we're, piece we're, of meat but man it's expensive uh, it's i think expensive. i think it comes down to uh your menu mix and how you're able to like really you know can you reuse things can you have a special can you do all the little sort of nitnoid things i think the biggest thing we learn and you tell me what you think about this like you just try in the food business especially nothing goes to waste um you're getting creative with all the things you have like, Oh, now our baked beans have brisket in them, which makes them more valuable, but it's, it's yesterday's brisket. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, so you're selling all this stuff. You got the cash flow in your bank account to keep you open, to keep you fighting another day as you're slowly keeping a little more cash than you're sending out, which means you're having all these customers, right? So now you have these fun things called customer service issues and like Yelp and TripAdvisor and all the Facebooks and all the things. How do you handle, like what's your customer service philosophy for your barbecue catering business? Um, that's a great question. Customer service is a big thing. Uh, we haven't had too many issues with our customer service. Most people are very, very happy with us. Um, I always try to make myself as available to the customer as possible. Um, I try not to swear at any customer. Uh, that's a big part. Remember that, guys. Don't swear at your customers. Uh, you heard it here first. Um, no, but we, we really try. That'll teach you that in the 
they don't. Uh, I I try to be as available as possible. And if there's an issue, I try to remedy it immediately. Mm-hmm. Just immediately. Uh, you know, what did we do wrong? How do we fix it? How do we make you happy? You know, does that mean that we have to redo something for you? No problem. It Does that mean we're refunding all your money? Okay, we messed up. We got to refund your money. Make it right. Yeah. I, I had a rule where with my guys, now it, it got to the point for us where we just had, I never talked to customers, not, not really consistently. We had team members that were doing that. But I told them, I said, you know, if you mess something up, try to return 3x value. Like that can be monetarily, that can be product, that can be product, monetary, and service. Like you can get creative, but you really want to, like I, I, I almost in a really weird way love when we mess stuff up because then I have an opportunity to show how truly different our company is because we're going to go the extra mile to actually fix the problem. Like, cause we care about you that much. We're going to really take it there to fix this thing. And I mean, my big thing too is, um, the customers that complain are the best ones. Um, because they're giving me a chance to fix it. They're giving me a chance. The person that goes and eats my food hates it, but doesn't say a single word to me. I will never be able to fix or tell my side of the story to that person. Yeah. It's over. I'm dead. I love, I, I, I always love the customers that created a, like you're talking about, they made it a human relationship. They were like, there's real people here running this small business. Let me go talk to them and see how we can all make this right. You know, that yeah. was, that was the best. How did, but you know, maybe they messed up. Maybe they're having yeah. a bad day. Maybe, but you know, we're not going to get that luxury in the restaurant business all the time. So how, how do you handle Yelp and TripAdvisor? Cause I don't know if you're like me, I can to this day remember where I was, what I was doing and what meal we served when a guy gave us a three-star review for the first I time. Three stars was not the worst thing ever. I let my wife handle it. <laughs> it's the safest way possible. How did you, how did you get to the like, are you just self-aware to know that like it's just bad on your psyche and it's I just don't yeah, know oh, yeah. in there? Like it's just bad. Yeah. I won't sleep. Hmm. I won't think sleep. about it all night. Oh yeah. Well, I mean it'll it's, wake it's, me up at, it'll it wake is, me up at two in the morning. And yeah, I'll be like, is, what did I what the fuck did I do? It is tough. I, I mean you got swear. you it's fine. But you got it, it's hard because it's your art. It's your blood, yeah. it's your sweat, it's your tears. It's everything you care most about in this world um, from a career standpoint. At least it's not family for sure, but it's one step below family. Yeah. And it's it's highly emotional when somebody like openly rejects you and doesn't even give you a chance to like defend yourself in person, you know? Oh, yeah. I, That's I, why you're I, probably uh, like me. I, I root for the downfall of Yelp every single day of my life, even though I haven't been in the – Oh, yeah. I haven't been in this business in a long time, and I, I root for that downfall constantly i just i just think the hard thing is like don't get me wrong i think people should have their opinions and i think uh i think they should should voice them uh i just sometimes think that people sometimes they do it out of spite 
Like, oh, I didn't like this. I'm going to go give a bad Yelp review. Mm. Cool. What did you create? Mm-hmm. Well, I've never created anything in my life. Okay. So how about you not like completely destroy something that somebody else like worked super hard to create? Mm-hmm. Unless, Sorry, unless like there, unless there's a real issue, like a real, like that they actually deserve it. You know, they're, they're doing bad business practices. Mm, yeah. But if that person's trying their, their hardest to make you happy, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've gotten some of the weirdest reviews ever. Like the brisket was fatty. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you want to dry? <laughs> yeah. Like the pork belly burnt ends. There was a lot of fat on the pork belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you uh-huh. get to this, you get to this level of business where you're running and gunning and it's nonstop. It's a hundred hour weeks. It's all consuming. I mean, it's in your house. It's all over the place. Like, how do you, how do you make time for personal development? Like, what do you do to pour back into yourself to make sure you got the gas to keep going? Or is that something Honestly, you need to add to your, uh, your to-do need list? To add that. I need to add that to my, I need to add more of that to my, well, I mean, let's, let's build on that for a second because I, I was this way too. And I think a lot of our entrepreneurs out there listening are like this. You are willing to sacrifice so much, including personal health, personal mental stability, you know, in some weird ways, family, social relationships are gone uh, in the beginning, especially. Um, Oh yeah. So like, what do you think you're losing by not having a personal development plan? Uh, my sanity slowly. That's definitely probably slowly going away. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think one of one of the big things that you kind of hit on really hard was you know like personal friendships they're kind of gone. It's hard to um, kind of make them fit sometimes. Yeah. It and sometimes it. it 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 almost becomes even weird to you when you're when you're when you do find time to go hang out with somebody and then you're they don't understand like why you do what you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't cuz yeah. they don't have that drive, they don't have that urge. They're you know, they're okay with a 9 to 5. They don't they don't want to do what you do. Yeah. So sometimes that's hard. Uh so I try to I really try to surround myself with people that do what I do and people that um have that urge, have the passion to do businesses, to um, to better themselves. Uh, I normally take Sunday nights off, and then I normally take Mondays off. And that's kind of new for me. Before I was working every single day, it didn't matter. Just whatever needs to get done. Now, How many years did it take you to get to that point? Um, it's kind of recent. I mean, it's probably in the last six, six or seven months. Yeah. I started doing that. Wow. Because before it was like, hey, Monday, okay, cool. We're going to do this work, this work, this work, this work, this work, because we didn't have time to do it last week. Hmm. Where now I'm, I'm starting to take those two days off. But I mean, it, it's hard for me to say that I take them fully off. 
you know, I'll still do some stuff. It's off. It's off from an entrepreneur standpoint. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not like tied down to doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Like sometimes, if if something gets done, mm-hmm. or if it, if um, if it's really an email that I really need to get back to, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, or or talk to a customer, I'll do it. Yeah. If somebody wants to buy uh, a ten thousand dollar catering job on a Monday when I'm supposed to be off, like, oh, I'm at talking this stage to of this business. I'm I'm yeah. I'm making that phone call. Yeah, we're we're making that phone call all day long. Um, but I'm I'm bettering myself by trying not to do that. Yeah. So you are I mean at this point you're not a perfect man, you're not a perfect entrepreneur, but you're like you're winning. And by winning I mean you're still open. You're yep. growing. You're opening new product lines. Like you guys have the rub line, which I'm. Uh, I get the right. friends sampling uh, packages. I got some burger seasonings the other day, straight fire, so good. Uh, and then you've got you got a new food truck coming, which is going to expand capacity even more. So right. you're growing. You're succeeding. You're moving forward. Like, what do you think? Like, if you had to boil it down to two, three, four characteristics, maybe even one, like whatever you want to do here. What do you think is the biggest key to your success as an entrepreneur at this point in your career? Like, what do you think is the one thing that got you here? Failure. That sounds weird, right? I mean, not Failure. to me. I did it, but people listening, maybe. Um, people are scared to fail. Mm. It's terrifying. I'm terrified of failing. Um, By the way, you never get used to it. No, you never. You it never gets do. a little easier, but like easier does not mean easy. It means I don't easier. think I ever want to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because every time I fail, I learn something from it, mm-hmm. and every time I fail, I don't start back at zero. Right, every time I fail, I see what I did, how we got down that path, mm-hmm. and then we start again. But now I already know the first three steps. Maybe I know the first whatever. So I run full full steam ahead that way again and start making you know new progress. Hmm. And then sometimes we fail again. Failing but forward, baby. It's a beautiful thing. That's basically kind of what we're doing. And we are um we're we're growing, like you said. Um I think it's we, too. I I, I want to take a second, really quick. Sorry, I I, I kind of I, I have this thought. I got to get it out, like because I mean it it it's something I didn't get at the very end because basically we failed at the end, but we failed so big that there was no recovery from it. So I think there's some wisdom in being happy with failure and being okay with failure, but making sure you set yourself up in a way that when you fail you're not bankrupt. You're not out of the game of monopoly, so to speak. You got to be able to still play after you take that risk and fail. Yes. And I think that's, that's one of the things that you learn too, though, is how do you, I know now, (laughs) how do you take that calculated risk where if this doesn't pan out, can I fight tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Can I fight next week? Yeah. Can I survive next month? Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of you, you have to do both, right? You have to you have to look at your failures and say, "Okay, 
I can fail. I can fail for this, mm-hmm. for this, you know, this amount of money we'll or this amount tomorrow. of time. It's just going to suck. Sometimes, sometimes I think people fail and they only feel like it's monetary, but sometimes failures can be, sometimes failures can be time, time failures too. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense to you. Yeah. Uh, you can always make more money. Uh, you can't get time back. And now that I'm, I'm like you, I'm an old man. I just crossed the 30 threshold. I just wrote about this on my blog, uh, the other day. And what I wouldn't give to go back to being 25 with the knowledge I have just now at 30. So I can only imagine 40, 50, 60 year olds, what they would give to go back to 25. You say you just turned 30. I'm a child. I know I'm an old child. It's on the inside. Are you really younger than me? Yeah, you can't tell. Well. <laughs> so, so, so that's the side. Of, that's that's like your superpower, right? As an entrepreneur, you've got the you got the ability to look failure in the face and keep moving, no problem. With the caveat of just stay in the game. What do you? What what is your biggest struggle in business? Like, what do you what do you need the most help with? You feel like where where do you have the most room to grow or what are you looking to outsource right now? Um, I think my biggest struggle, one of my biggest struggles is um, asking for help. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you. Uh, she'll give you a long list. I'm sure that's but, not the only thing on her list. <laughs> but uh, asking for help is a big one. It's a difficult one for me. Um making sure that I have realistic expectations of people. That's another hard one for me. What does that mean? Realistic expectations of people. I have my expectations of me, which I hold myself to a very high standard. You know what I'm saying? Just a very high standard. So I have to realize that, um, you're not going to work as hard for my business as I ever will. Because most people won't. But where I'm at currently is we are rebuilding our team. Uh, We are rebuilding to get ready for the truck and everything. And slowly, you know, we kind of lost a lot of people with COVID. We lost a lot of people. Um, We we skinnied out, as you may say. Um, We just didn't have the work. I don't have the work to give people. You know what I mean? It's really hard to keep a cl- uh, keep a staff when you're like, hey, you, you don't need to come in for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Am I fired? No. I just don't have any work. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I don't I need enough. Like, I don't need people right now. Mm. So we lost some people. They had to, you know, they had to go. Um, luckily, we didn't really fire too many people but two people ended up moving they they moved out of the state moved to a different state so i mean that was kind of lucky on our end kind of because it was like oh we don't have to fire you but we don't have to pay you anymore which is great good luck (laughs) we'll love you you know what i mean And then we did let go one of our employees, but I mean, he probably wouldn't work here anyways, if 
even if there wasn't a global pandemic, he was on his way out. What is your what is your philosophy around team culture? Like as your so I, I think this is kind of interesting actually as a question because I think you're an expert on how to get your business to this level and you're getting ready to get to the level of I have a bunch of people working for me that aren't related to me. And mm-hmm. so as you're looking to build that team and build that culture, like what is your what is your sort of thesis on how you're gonna do that? Airport how are ball. you gonna build a how are you gonna build a better than average restaurant culture? My it's my airport bar theme. What does that mean? If I could see myself sitting and talking to you for more than fifteen minutes at an airport bar, I feel like you'd be a good human. Mm. Because that means we vibe together. And so I want to want... just hold held up at uh, O'Hare. Yeah. Just you know, just meet me at the bar, <laughs> sit and chat. Yeah. I don't like you, I'm sending you on a plane. No. Uh, no, Thanks. it's you know, it's just one of those things where I, you know, I want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And I, I've done interview, I've done so many interviews in the past. Um, one of the companies I used to work for, uh, I was a manager. I was, I had to, you know, help hire for people. And I wanted to get to know you. I don't know how many people were like, here's my resume. I'm like, cool. I too can sit down and write all the good things about myself. Short list. Let me throw this away and let me hear you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a stickler on certain things. So during those conversations, what are you looking for? Like I, I get the vibe thing and I get that's like an internal gut yeah. thing, but like what are the sort of like tangible things? Are you looking at like, can you carry on a conversation? Do you got good grammar? Yes. Uh, how, how do you carry on the conversation? How do you speak? Do you speak properly and do you speak well? Mm-hmm. Where I'm from, it's do and you how, speak good. Yeah, that's, that's half the issue right there. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I want you to sound intelligent. Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to carry on a conversation with me about numerous different topics. I want you to be a well-rounded human. And in the restaurant industry, that's kind of difficult to get sometimes. For sure. It um, It was easily our number one problem when we were in business. And we never really solved it. Uh, to be frank with you, it's why I'm asking the question. What did you? Wh- what role do you think passion plays in this? Or does passion have to even be around food? Do you just have to have a why of like I'm coming to work to pay off debt, or I'm coming to work to buy groceries? Like, what are you looking for any of that sort of thing? I'm looking. If somebody wants to cook, then there has to be some kind of passion for the food. Yeah. Because if there's not, it's never going to translate to the food. Your food will never be as good as somebody else's. If you're coming just for it to be a paycheck, that food is never going to be my food. Mm-hmm. You it's know, a secret ingredient. It's the, uh, the yeah. passion, the love. That's so what I mean. It, it's that's like a real ingredient. That's yeah. why it's salty. <laughs> I love that. What do you, uh, what, 
I, I, I meant to ask this earlier, but I want to circle back to it because I think it's important. You know, when you become in this entrepreneur, um, like you're talking about, you got the airport bar vibe. Like, can I, can I hang out with you at the bar for a while? You're basically inviting somebody into your family when you're, when you're working for a small business. I mean, at the end of the day, it is really more of a family than anything else. And like, at the same time, you have a real family, beautiful wife, beautiful daughter. Like, how do you handle, I don't think there's any such thing as work-life balance necessarily, but like, how do you make sure that you give your business everything it needs to grow and you don't lose your family? That's a hard question for most people. Uh, it's a hard, it, it, it's taken me a long time. It, it, you know, there was a lot of stress. There was a lot of, you know, not anger, but like it was, I guess anger could be used as a term of the sense of like, Hey, you need to get behind me on this and that you need to do that. You know what I mean? Like the arguments that you can have. But <clears throat> one of the things that I looked at is with doing what I do, I can make time for my kid when other people can't in the sense of like, I take my daughter to swim class every Tuesday at noon. How many guys can go take their kid to swim class at noon on a Tuesday? You just wait till you're open for lunch. But you, you get what I'm saying. I understand. You, you know what I mean? So you're not, you're not following the, what you're saying is that most guys, most girls, they, most families, yeah, they have like the traditional nine to five work life. Sure. And then at, they come home and they sort of like half-ass plug in and plug out of being parents while they're on their phones and their kids are around and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And what you're saying is that because your time is so constrained, you have to be super intentional with it. And yeah that you don't sit there and waste that noon swim class on a Tuesday. You're actually like, all right, let me get in the game when I can and invest as much as I can when I can, while I can. Yep. And then the biggest thing too is like, um, she like on days that we're not working, I'll cook with her so that we do stuff together, you know? So she starts to see what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes she'll show up to some of our pop-ups and then she'll come and hang out. And now, now it's becoming, well, she's like three and a half. So now it's more like, I want to be on my iPad. Leave me alone. Okay. These independent women we're raising, man. I did. They're, they're rough, dude. <laughs> rough. But I, I think a big part of it is making time. And one of the other things that this is recent, so don't, I have, we're, we're not, we're, this is still baby steps and working, work in progress is we're trying to do every two months, we're trying to do a small getaway. And I don't mean like, let's go on vacation every two months. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, um, Let's go to, you know, let's find a Groupon or find some, a good deal at a hotel. Let's go hang out there, uh, grab dinner, and then, you know, ha have a fun, have a fun time away from the house. 
And like this, this was our first one. We, there's an indoor water park um, about an hour and 30, 20 minutes away from us. So we went and got a hotel room there and then did, did the water park all day. Well, the kid had a kid was just, she was uh, so much fun. Hmm. Ended up passing out, you know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. once you kind of crash the uh, excitement, it's just <laughs> done in the car. But, but she, you know, she had an amazing time doing it. I love that, man. All right. We've had a long hour here. I love I love the answers. I think I think if you're looking to start a barbecue catering business, this is this is a show for you. Last question here. What do you wish you knew then what you know now? I framed that terribly. What do you know now as an entrepreneur, as a seasoned veteran, that you wish you knew when you first started? If you could go back in time, you got yourself a nice DeLorean. Yeah. You flew back to Mikey circa 2015. You said, young man, this is what you need to know for the next seven years. Um, Don't, don't let other people's opinions sway what you feel. And now, I don't mean that as don't take advice and don't don't look, don't have people give you advice. Mm-hmm. But if you believe in something extremely go. Mm-hmm. Just shoot for it. Don't Do you have an example allow, of that? Do you have like a story sure. where that happened? I'd love to hear I, that. I, I sure do. So when we first kind of first first started, um, and we started getting legal and all that kind of stuff, I wanted to spend I wanted to get our our trailer faster, mm-hmm. and I was talked out of it. Mm. I was talked out of it by a couple different people for financial reasons and stuff like that. And they were like, "What if it fails? What if this happens? You know, blah blah blah." blah. And you know, you get that seed of doubt in your head, and then you're like, "Oh God, what if it does happen?" Mm. And I should have blocked out all the noise and went. Mm. It would have made my last year of life a hell of a lot easier. But I am where I am. So you're learning. We're gonna keep going. Yeah. But that would be my thing is is don't let don't let other people sway what you believe in. Because hmm. I think too many people allow when they're when you're kinda on the edge. And you really just need to like kind of, you know, fall over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are like, they'll, they'll talk you back off of it. And it's like, man, you just should have jumped. Mm, yeah. The opportunity was down there and you missed it. Yeah. How do you balance, how do you personally balance knowing when to trust your gut and when to trust the wisdom of counsel? Or do you have to like, I guess my mind goes to, you have to really be specific about what counsel you seek. Your brother, Jeffro. Your cousin Larry are not great examples. I think what you need to do is you need to talk to somebody who's been in that field or has been down that path if you can find that. And that's not always easy to find. Sometimes that those are the hardest people to find. 
man, I don't think so. I think it's super easy. I can't tell you how many times, um, I think you have like peers in your industry, kind of like we were talking about earlier with networking, right? Like sure. if, if you're intentional about that, the whole time you're building your business, like really building your network out so you can build those relationships yeah. and rely on them later. Like you've got those like sideways, like you're on my same level, you get where I'm at right now. I have never, I've had a lot of success emailing people that own back when we were in the barbecue business i had a ton of success emailing people that own barbecue restaurants and just saying hey what do you think about this i have this barbecue restaurant in lexington we have this problem how would you solve it and i might send 10 of those out and i'd probably get it i mean at least a 50 percent return rate i mean it's it's amazing to me how people that own small businesses and are like in the trenches with it every day want to give back and and love to 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 pour into people like that um, I had a lot of people reach I guess out I just to never me. Email people. Yeah, email. It's it's on demand mentorship. Is how you got to look at yeah. it. They they can get back to you on their own time. And then here's another trick: follow up. Just because you dropped a email in somebody's inbox on Monday and it's Friday, they didn't get back to you. I might hit them with a little Sunday. Hey, I know you're busy. I just wanted to float this up to the top of your inbox and see if if you had any words of encouragement for me. Um, and if they don't respond after the second one, I'm not going to bug the crap out of them. I'm going to let it go. But I, I have personally found it's very easy to get a hold of people that that are smarter than you. I guess I've just never tried the email route. I, I'm glad I can like, uh, try the give you a phone call. Here. Yeah. And Maybe I try not. to, you know, I try to surround myself. If I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm the I'm, I'm in the wrong room. I'm just I'm, I'm in the wrong room. You know what I mean? Like. Well, that's why I, I honestly, honestly, man, you know my story. I mean, you and I have been friends a long time. You know my story. Like, I, I built a business. I built a seven-figure business from a tent on the side of the road with my family. I built a family business from a tent on the side of the road, which is hard. Business, yeah, it's tons of extra layers of complexity there. But here's the, here's the story. I crashed it, and I started this podcast because I'm hoping to help other people not repeat my mistake. And if I ever get back in the business game again and I, I get back in it and own something else, um, I want to be ready this time. So, brother, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, man, and, and sharing all this and being vulnerable and then like bragging on your wins, too. Because I think sometimes people keep the wins to themselves because they don't want to seem like arrogant or some weird way. And I think I think we have to be confident in what we know we do well. And I think we have to be humble enough to admit what we need to work on. And I, I think people got that out of this episode. Dude, thank you for having me. Uh, love to come back. Love to keep keep yeah. doing this. So Mikey's getting a food truck uh, in March, right? That's when that's happening. So March first, the trailer gets delivered, yeah. um, and then we got to outfit it a little bit. We got to load, you know, you got to got to load yeah. the smoker, put some equipment into it. Love on it. Chicago get Health Department's got to come in and and bless it, you know, with the. Thank holy God water. we're not. In, no, we're not in Chicago. <laughs> oh, you suburb. We're, we're in the suburbs, so it's not like. Not as bad. <laughs> it's only slightly bad. Not as bad. Yeah. It's just uh, slightly. There's hope. So you're telling me there's hope. <laughs> a little bit, yes. <laughs> well, brother, we appreciate it, man. We'll have you back on after. And I'd love to hear about your experience, your first year running the food truck. Because I know for so many people that start a barbecue catering business, the next step for them is usually a food truck just because it's the most affordable route yep. uh, to increase capacity. Um, yeah. Man, uh, and, and guys, we're going to link Mikey's information in the show notes and in the YouTube description section and all the things. Uh, Mikey, man, thank you so much, brother. Man, thank you. Have a good one.
Thank you all for listening. Peace.